This is Tort Talk with Terrence A. Gross, a board-certified personal injury lawyer. Welcome back to Tort Talk. This is the show where you get to hear about really cool, interesting law things, lawyer things, things that maybe are going to help you with a case that you're going to have, or maybe you're just listening because you're curious about this kind of stuff. I'll tell you, I'm fascinated. My name is Paul Stadden. The name that, well, doesn't matter in this podcast. The name that does matter, however, is Terrence Gross of Gross & Schuster Law, and I'm so glad that you're here to talk about more awesome, interesting law things. Terrence, happy whatever week this is. Glad to be here. Yeah, we're not going to tell you what week this is because, well, you might be listening whenever. You know, what you should do is go back and listen to older episodes and catch up in case you haven't been listening so far. It's a good idea. So, Terrence, there's a question we haven't really addressed so far uh, because we talk a lot about the what of law. We talk about things like um, how to deal with seatbelt laws and how to prepare for cases and do investigations, but I don't know if we've ever really gotten into the why, you know, why you do what you do and what the best thing is about being a personal injury lawyer. Can you speak to that? Sure. I I really enjoy helping people. It's a chance to help a person out that's been injured in an accident through no fault of their own and they're down and out, and uh, they're in a lot lot of pain. They could be experiencing a lot of medical bills, may have missed time from work, and uh, a lot of people live uh, paycheck to paycheck. And I like and enjoy trying to help them out of this problem as best I can and get monetary compensation from the defendant. And when we say the defendant, we're really talking about insurance companies. And when you stop and think about it, it really is almost biblical in that it's David versus Goliath. Ah, yeah. Because I'm just a lawyer. I'm one person, and I'm taking on State Farm. Mm. I'm taking on Allstate, Geico, Progressive, whoever may be, with all the money, all the ammunition, all the assets, trying to defeat the claim or tamp it down. And I enjoy the challenge and I enjoy really helping the person and seeing the satisfaction on, on the face at the end when we get all the medical bills taken care of off the plate and they're able to at least net something. Now, the money is nice. That's all I could do. I can't make them better. And right. anybody, if you interviewed any of my clients and you asked them, would you rather get all these tens of thousands of dollars from Mr. Gross at a settlement or would you rather go back to the day before the wreck and not drive? They all would say, get me back to the day before the wreck. Right. It's never worth it, no matter how much money it is. The quadriplegic that nets $2 million is not happy. Yeah. The widow who loved her husband, they get several million dollars for her deceased husband, is not happy. Uh, she lost the love of her life. So it is what it is. It's the best thing we could do. But I, I do enjoy the challenge. I find it uh, very rewarding not just monetarily for myself, but really rewarding, rewarding, rewarding spiritually, uh, just to just inner self wellness, knowing that I've made somebody happy, that I've I've won the battle for them, a battle that they could not have fought themselves, and uh, that means a lot to me. You know, this makes a couple of points stand out to me. Number one is that 
this is probably why the movies focus on the lawyers instead of the corporations uh, when they have the main characters, because it'd be kind of boring focusing on the insurance company when there's this scrappy young underdog lawyer going up and fighting for a client. But it makes me think of something else that you just mentioned. Would you rather go back to the day before the accident? You know, this kind of dispels a little bit of the, well, I shouldn't say a little bit, a lot of the uh, trope, the cultural misunderstanding that we have that, you know, people are just very lawsuit happy. You know, people think that you're like winning a lottery, you know, when you get injured and you get to go sue a guy. I, I don't know about you. I have a lot of back pain from improperly lifting things over the years and I'm 39 and there are times where I look at my daughter and I'm like, I can't lift you. I it just, I can't do it. I would so much, I would pay so much money to be healthy and have the back I had when I was 25. So I think that maybe this idea that people are just so lawsuit hungry and they just really, you know, everybody's looking to sue each other. Maybe it's kind of a myth. Well, you know, it is and it isn't. But, you know, the the thing that hurts us the most as plaintiff's lawyers, this whole ambulance chasing scenario, uh, yeah, yeah. are the advertising lawyers. Yeah. And yeah. I think about these guys. These are guys that do not go to the courtroom. Many of these guys you see, they don't even practice law. They're, they're not practitioners of the law. They're Barnum and Bailey hucksters <laughs> that are got the billboards and the TV ads. And then they have these people smiling. I got three hundred thousand. I got this. I got that. Right. And they 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 kind of they don't understand what they're doing, and they are poisoning the jury uh, uh, group, the peers that uh, eventually you'll go before. And I, I hate that for my clients because most injuries are invisible. Yes, some people have scars and broken bones, but invariably, like you said, you could have your back pain the worst day. I I can't see it. Right. And you, and you tell me your back hurts, but I, I, I don't know until sure. you tell me. Uh, now, there are some clients I could see the pain on the face or I could see how stiff I could watch. I actually watch how they stand up and get down and mm. just, uh, just trying to even sit in a chair is tough. So, um, and I have a bad back myself, so I, I guess I'm sympathetic to that. But at the end of the day, you're right. It's still out there, and these advertising lawyers make matters worse, and they just right. don't get it. Their they're greed of trying to get as many cases as they can and to brag that they're bigger and better than everybody else, they don't know how they're hurting other injured people because there's there's potential jurors watching all this and seeing these smiling faces, 300, 400,000, it makes it sound like the lottery. Right. And I do get occasionally people coming in with unrealistic expectations, and I try to set that. I try to set it early on, explain the parameters, uh, because I'm in the ditches. I am fighting it out uh, day every day of the week with insurance Mm -hmm. companies and arguing for my clients, and they're trying to argue degenerative and it's this because many people like yourself so here you are you do have some symptoms but you're you probably i don't know if you've had an mri or not but but a lot of people you know develop neck and back pain as they get older it's very common not a whole lot of treatment they take some advil or tylenol or something like that or you know whatever and try to limit their what they do but at the end of the day then they get a car wreck 
Then they get an MRI, and it shows degenerative, and has these words like spondylosis, which means mm. pre-existing ah. arthritic changes. Uh, but it doesn't mean that it was symptomatic, or maybe you had a little bit of back pain, like a one or two, and you you could tolerate it. Now it's a six or a seven, right. and you're going to a chiropractor, you're getting injections. Uh, some surgeons saying, well, maybe you need surgery down the road, mm. whatever it may be. And, and that's a whole other ball of wax. So these insurance companies will always tell you, oh, they already had all these degenerative things. Well, if you're 60 years old and you've never been to a pain doctor, you've <laughs> never been to a neurosurgeon or, or even a chiropractor, and you have this accident and, you, and it becomes symptomatic, of course it's because of the accident. Yes, you had a pre-existing condition, but it makes you more susceptible to injury. Imagine this, you know, if I was 18 or 19, I used to play in college, we used to play tackle football. Oh, man, yeah. No, with no equipment, okay. right? Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. Uh, could you imagine right now being the NFL and you tackled or me tackled? Oh, we may gosh. not get back up, right? No. And and so it, it, at the it's just so silly, some of the arguments that they make, but I, I live and breathe, and I believe in what I do. That's what makes it so easy, because I believe it. Right. I'm not trying to sell a bill of goods to an insurance company. I believe in what I do. You know, you said something a few episodes ago, and I believe this was the episode where we were talking about hiring doctors as experts, uh, which is a really good episode, and you should go listen to it. And there was some phrase you used, which was, I believe, and I may be getting this wrong, but how much is this going to be worth? You know, somebody says, you know, I have an injury or I have a pain, and they ask you, how much is this going to be worth? Right. Do you just roll your eyes at that? Because that sounds... That sounds kind of ridiculous to me. It is, especially if they ask at the first appointment, and I always put it back on them and say, how are you going to be feeling this time next year? And they look at me like I'm from Mars. Right. If you don't know how you're going to feel this time next year, how in the world can I possibly tell you what the case is worth? Because some people get a lot better. Some people don't. Some people stay with a chiropractor, and that's it. Some gravitate towards pain management, which means heavy-duty injections like epidurals. Mm. And then other people, unfortunately, a small percentage, but still probably 5% of my clients end up with a cervical or lumbar fusion, which is heavy-duty and, of course, a significant mm. case. But at that first appointment, I wouldn't know that. Right. I have no, And that's why I'm also slow to settle. By being an advocate, I always tell my clients, you know, a lot of these billboard lawyers want you to settle as soon as possible because they need money for the next billboard. Mm. I would rather wait and make sure, you know, the MRIs until you're pretty much through with treatment because everybody will try this and try that. And finally, you just throw your hands up in the air. There's actually a term for it. Mm. And the term is called MMI, Maximum Data Medical Improvement. And that's where the doctor says, you're as good as you're going to get. Mm. You're just not going to get any better. I know you've tried everything. You are going to have to live with these permanent residuals. And they usually are permanent, and you'll have good days and bad days and right. all that. But at the end of the day, if it was caused by an accident, I think you should get compensation. I can't put the little girl that was texting in jail. She didn't do anything criminal. Mm. Uh, I, I can't make you better. I'm not a doctor. So all I could do is seek compensation, monetary compensation from the insurance companies. Well, it sounds like you love what you do, Terrence. I, I'm, I'm going to have to ask you next time about the downsides. You know, we're running out of time, but I'm looking forward to hearing, you know, what are the 
worst parts of being a personal injury lawyer. But until we get to that point, tell us how we can get a hold of you. Well, by telephone, uh, 850-434-3333. But the easiest way in this day and age is probably the website, grossandschuster.com. Well, that sounds like a plan. Hey, listen up next week. We're going to be talking about the downsides of being a personal injury lawyer. And I don't know about you, but I'm fascinated hearing about the why of why someone would be a personal injury attorney. I think you should be, too. I'll see you next week.